0: Hello everyone, this is Nate Evans, manager of the digital content and accessibility team within MSUIT. We had a great, but packed, Web Accessibility Policy Liaison Meeting last Friday. I genuinely apologize for those who, who came to the meeting. We packed the room, which was great, but we also put too much information in into the session. We, we went a little bit over it. got really chaotic towards the end. So uh, I apologize. I just missed it on that. And uh, we're going to make sure we try to avoid doing that going forward. Uh, in case you missed the meeting, we had a lot of uh, stuff we covered. Uh, IT Next is an event that's coming up that's going to align with Global Accessibility Awareness Day in May. We also had an update, uh, or I should say an opportunity for Microsoft O365 Discussion and uh, Investigation, I'll call it. Uh, and then we had the one, the only, Kate Sanka uh, from the College of Arts and Letters talking about their digital accessibility program. Really, really great uh, work that's going on all, uh, over there. Um, we also hosted a few folks from the RCPD. Steven, Leslie, and Lena talked about how do, how do we get started with accessible math. Uh, it's a really, really great resource. If you're an instructional designer, uh, academic specialist, or faculty member, I really, really encourage you to, to take a listen to that portion of the episode. And then also, if you head on over to webaccess.msu.edu, go to tutorials, the training that they've provided is now available on the website. So go check that out. It's downloadable, printable, however you learn best that we have it available for you there. So definitely check that out. Looking ahead, our next Web Accessibility Policy Liaison meeting will be on Friday, March 1st at 1 o'clock over in the Natural Science Building. So all that to say, hope you join us and enjoy the episode. Good morning! How's everybody doing? Raise your hand. Is anybody like a human popsicle? A couple? Yeah? I'm just, I'm with you. I was ready to get out of the house. (laughs) I was getting a little, yes. Thank you so much for coming to the February WAPL meeting. Super excited. We've got a pretty full agenda today. Here's our agenda at a glance. We're kicking things off with College of Arts and Letters talk a little bit about their digital accessibility program. Again, in the same theme, we want to share more and more about what you all are doing within your programs kind of each month to give a little slice of what's going on. We uh, have an opportunity uh, around Microsoft 365 that Nick Noel is going to talk a little bit about. I have a very fun announcement around Global Accessibility Awareness Day in May. So uh, we talked a little bit about that at the last meeting, and we'll mention Uh, at least to save a date for that. And then we also have a a getting started with accessible math session. This is something we've gotten a lot of feedback uh, on over months and years. And so I'm excited to partner with with Steven and Leslie on this to present a little bit more about accessible math as well as Lena, where's Lena? Thank you. Hey Lena. So uh, excited to share a little bit more about that. And we have some resources on web access that are gonna be shared. Um, We can probably share those after the meeting maybe, Jim? Yay. All right, good. And then the last thing is we're gonna continue the digital accessibility program retrospective that we started last month. And that was to get some feedback about where we've been in 2018, some things that worked out really well, things we need to improve going into this year and then cast some vision going forward. So we've got more folks that weren't at the January meeting. So um, Dr. Jess Knott, she's gonna lead our discussion uh, for a few minutes to gather a little bit more feedback from you all on that. And then we'll start to, to cast some ideas and, and get your feedback going forward as well. So sound good? All right, okay. So I am so excited to uh, introduce Kate Sanka. I lovingly joked, we met for coffee and like a, a Christmas and I said, yeah. Kate, how's your back feeling? She's like, wait, what? And I was, and like, I, I, was
1: I went to the chiropractor recently.
0: <laughs> 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 and I was like, for carrying Cal and MSU forward with digital accessibility, cause mm-hmm. that, that would hurt, right? Bad dad joke. Okay, got it. All right. Kate and, and the College of Arts and Letters have been doing so much great work. You've got accessible learning. That's been a fantastic initiative for the last few years. She is the lead uh, Teach Access rep- representative for Michigan State University, which has been a fantastic program. There are they're doing so many things with their digital assess- accessibility interns and improving their course quality uh, for digital accessibility. Lots. Of, I, I should just let you talk about or it. or
1: not. And I'm going to sit down. You're like just, <laughs> no, it's I, great. I love it. So no. okay. thank you. Yeah, great partnership, and uh, I'll give it to you perfect thanks Nate gave you a great preview of some of the stuff that we're working on in college of arts and letters so first of all welcome to Wells Hall many of you come in and out of here often I know but we are in the B wing which is where our language faculty foreign language faculty are located along with some of our other programs our college is spread across seven buildings on campus so when anyone in our team needs to meet with faculty often I like to meet with them here because so many of them are in this building but there's a variety of other buildings that we are in so that does logistically make things interesting trying to work with our faculty but we get it done. To that end one of the things that we did last year and I know Jeremy's in the back as well but LaTanya could you wave your hand right here in the middle of the room. LaTanya Motley joined our team in spring of last year and she splits her time between College of Arts and Letters, um, the academic technology office, as well as Jeremy Van Hoff who's in the back um, from Brogue College of Business and she is an accessibility and UDL and QM and instructional designer and a lot of things she knows a lot of great stuff she splits our time between our colleges helping with a variety of projects it looks a little bit different between our colleges what she works on but for us it's a variety of things supporting accessibility as well as some other instructional design type things we've probably seen her around campus talking about uh, UDL or Universal Design for Learning she knows a lot about that as well as qu- quality matters so that's one thing that we did in College of Arts and Letters to expand our capacity was to bring in another teammate and we're happy to have her because she's awesome ALC, or the Accessible Learning Conference, so how many of you have attended that? So almost all the hands in the room are going up. So this is a conference. I won't say too much about it since you're familiar, but in case there are some who are not, we had our fourth iteration of it in December. And this is a conference where we bring people together to talk about accessible learning. That's kind of changed identity over the past few years. And moving forward, I'm sure we'll look at some different things around who our audience is. But in general, it ends up being a variety of people coming together to talk about either what's happening in their classrooms, how they're supporting their faculty or Staff. One of the core components of this conference that will remain forever is student involvement. So I'm passionate about experiential learning and making sure students have an opportunity to try and learn in a variety of ways. Academic conference is a really specific type of thing, which many of you probably can imagine or know. So giving students the opportunity to help with planning. So students on our team in the academic tech office help us with planning. Everything from what is the CFP process like? How do we... um, we send the proposals out to another group to review, but then how do we build the schedule? What does programming look like? What does engagement look like? How do we make it an accessible event? And then students from all over are invited to come and present if they're accepted and also attend and learn how to network with people in the field, learn how to just be around people in an academic setting, conference setting, and so forth. So that is ALC. Teach Access, which Nate mentioned, how many of you are familiar with Teach Access? A couple of you have maybe heard me talk about it. So Teach Access got started about three years ago, three or four years ago, and this is a group of industry, tech industry people, and universities coming together to see how can we get accessibility into the curriculum. So we have a distinction. It's not about teaching accessibly, it's about teaching accessibility. So that's not to say that obviously accessibility is important in things like our course documents and obviously making sure our websites are accessible absolutely we absolutely need those teach access supports that but that's not the work that we do as teach access what we're looking at is how do we help people teach accessibility faculty so that students as they're graduating are able to move into jobs careers work where they know something about accessibility matt may who is at adobe once said what we're looking for is what we have right now is just a few people who know a little, who, a few people who know a lot about accessibility, and what we want is a lot of people who know a little bit. And that's not to say that we still always won't need the experts who know a lot, um, but it benefits everybody when we all know a little something about it. And I imagine those of you are feeling that in your colleges, right? As you have faculty and staff learn more about accessibility, then they start talking to other people, and it it goes from there. Um, so out of Teach Access. Um, we have the ability to um, have large scale the large um, tech companies um, come and talk to faculty so if you have faculty who are teaching accessibility and they're like you know what i'm about to talk about um, ios um, mobile design and i want an hour of someone some expert from apple to come and talk to me about what that looks like Um, i can help facilitate someone from apple um, calling into your course so um, teach access Uh, is open and available to come and talk in class. Um, We've also been, the Study Away is a program um, I developed, so we take students out and Justin is sitting uh, in the back. Wave your hand, Justin. Um, So Justin went with us on the initial one, uh, the inaugural one that happened um in may of last year and we'll be going out again in may of this year Um, so this is a chance for a group of students from a variety of universities to go and spend a week in silicon valley visiting these different companies each day um, and learning about what accessibility looks like in these companies how do they handle it Um, what are the challenges that they face Um, what does it mean to do accessibility work at these companies Um, etc i also created a um, or suggested that we create a faculty grant program. Um, So we secured funding from some donors to be able to give out um, $5,000 grants to faculty across the country to develop curricular material. Um, So the idea here is that we know what happens when we want to introduce a new course, right? It has to go through a curriculum committee and then it has to go to the dean and then up and then down and up and down, and it takes a long time. Um, And that's absolutely something that we'll continue to work on. But sometimes someone might have a half an hour an hour here and there in a semester where they might be able to at the very least introduce what is accessibility. Um, So having these faculty grants has allowed us to expand our ability um, or or kind of our curriculum pool, if you will, um, that we will be able to share out. And so maybe you have an hour and you could pull from this pool and it makes sense for your course, um, whether it's an online or face-to-face course. There's other stuff that we're doing um, out of Teach Access, but um, that's a thing uh, that I do. Um, So if you're interested in it and wanna know more about it, um, come and talk to me. Um, The PALS, the the Pedagogical Accessibility Liaisons, so Steven and Jeremy, raise your hands in the back, um, as well as Leslie and Ashley, also in the back, um, and Jess, also in the back. Everyone's in the back. Uh, at least from where I'm standing. So um, the, you know, WAPL, what we're in right now, is a phenomenal group. It's a phenomenal place for us to network around digital accessibility. Um, But something that I kept feeling like um, I wanted to explore some more was, what does accessibility mean for pedagogy? Um, Yes, UDL is a thing. Um, We can certainly talk about that. But there's still some elements around accessibility um, that I want to explore, that I'm interested in exploring, and um, those people I've identified were in the similar boat. Um, so we've kind of created this ad hoc group called PALS because what's a group at a university without a good acronym? Uh, so together we meet about once a month, uh, more or less, depending on what's going on, over lunch, and we just do some idea sharing. Um, and that might look like, hey, I have um, a first-year um, TA who is teaching a Spanish 101 face-to-face course and they received a visa um, two weeks before the semester for a student who's blind and what do we do because this instructor was relying so much on visuals or was going to rely on visuals um, for teaching vocabulary and concepts and all of that. Um, so of course there's the standard kind of well, what does the visa say and what are the accommodation things but I think there's more there. What does that do to that instructor and how they think about teaching? Um, how do they think about pedagogy so they they do these things for the student um, at the request of this accommodation but um, what does that mean moving forward how does that impact their teaching overall so um, we don't know yet is the answer to that (laughs) Uh, but we're working on it Um, so if you're someone who's interested in pedagogy um, and accessibility uh, let me know Um, and so those are those are big scale things I would say um, that uh, I do in the name of Cal um, college of Arts and Letters, and definitely in the name of MSU, um, specifically in our in our college. Uh, how much time do I? have By the way, I realize I'm just going for a while. Maybe another minute. <laughs> Superb. Um, so we have students. Um, we've had students working with us um, on accessibility since Phil was an undergrad. Uh, Phil Deaton. Uh, who many of you know. Um, So that's been going on since I've been here, which is almost five years. Um, So students help us do website reviews. They help us do course reviews, similar to all of you in the room, or many of you who do that work. Um, And yes, so they're doing that sort of work with us. And then um, we have a student, Anderson Day, who some of you might know. Um, He's been working with the IOS Design Lab, which is a new um, project on campus. So figuring out how to infuse accessibility into that project. Um, in terms of overall as a college um, I've got my administration very much on board with this they very much support this so our Dean Dean Chris long um, and our associate deans are all in favor and support it all of our chairs um, our web developers uh, our developer um, our marketing and communications team so I get messages all the time from people who are like hey I'm trying to write this alt text and I don't I don't really know what do I do how do I say this Um, So we've really worked hard in the College of Arts and Letters to create um, an environment and a culture of care around accessibility. That's where most of our efforts, I would say, have been going in the last few years, is how do we get people to care about it and know about it? And then, yes, that means they'll come and ask us. Totally fine. That's what we want to have happen. But how do we get these conversations going, especially that I don't have to be a part of them all the time? Like, I'm not the only one who in a room is raising my hand saying, we talk about accessibility like people are doing that outside of me um, which is lovely so um, one thing Nate wanted me to say is uh, or touch on is what we might improve on and definitely our course reviews we just don't spend as much time with that as um, of course the other things I've mentioned so I would say that's that's where we always have room to grow is just doing more course reviews Um, but our goal in creating this culture of care is that if faculty know that this is something they should do in the name of student success, um, or however they want to name it, uh, that then at least they know to come to us and ask for help when it's time, or or the chairs, co- you know, have contacted us and say to say, hey, we have this new instructor. Will you go talk to them? Um, so yeah, is that any, any questions or no? Yeah. Any, are there questions? That's a great. Any questions? For that was Kate? a lot.
2: Why are you so <laughs> To
1: repeat the, question. Um, the question was from uh, a Dr. Jessica Knott. She wanted to know why I was so great, and I don't have an answer for that. I'm powered by cheese and hot dogs. For the record, uh, other questions. Yes, Latanya's question. Go ahead. Phenomenal question from LaTanya. She wants to know what I think the problem I see the most is um, around faculty and accessibility. And I think it's always, it's working with them on an individual basis to help them understand how to balance all of this, right? So I think often we want to get to a place where we're like, here's the stuff, everybody do it. Um, And you're all the same. We know that they're not, but here, everybody follow this thing. And that works for some. Uh, But then we definitely have faculty who are in, you know, unique situations of what they're teaching or their research or um, the service that they're doing and the outreach they're doing. And so I think it becomes it isn't possible to apply the same method to every faculty member, just like it's not for our students, as we know. And so for me, it's going to a faculty member and they might have heard, well, you know, I talked with Um, Nate over here, and he said uh, that he did this with this faculty, that doesn't work for me. it's like, cool, we'll figure out something else that works for you. So that's, I think, what I see is figuring out like the balance between how much can we kind of be effective around, um, or efficient, I should say, but then how much do we still have to just understand who is that specific faculty member, and what is it that they're feeling like they can't do or that they're not sure how to manage, or um, how do we kind of bring those two together? Does that help? That's a, yeah. Other questions? James Bender. So how did you get Latanya to the what, was what did you do with that person? Cool. So the question from James was how um, College of Arts and Letters and Broad, Broad College of Business came together to um, hire Latanya, the fabulous, wonderful Latanya. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no i'm not kidding that's true so the question was around administratively uh that's a long i have a long answer and but the short answer is really it was demonstrating need and being able to show maybe at the moment neither one of our units um, had the capacity to bring on a full-time person um, but that we wanted to we, we needed help in some way and so there's that piece of well if we can't bring on a full-time person um, what if we bring on a half-time person or someone who spends half their time with us but then also um I think I just lost my train of thought. What what was the thing I was going to say though? About I know. I was like building up to it. Um I need more coffee. Uh so it was demonstrating our need and I say, I Yeah.
2: I would say that our two units, our two colleges, communicate very clearly.
1: That's what it was. Thank you. So Jeremy saved me, as per usual, and it was about our colleges communicating. It was about collaboration. So thank you, Jeremy. Well played. So our college, um, as some of you maybe are aware, maybe not, um, our dean is super um, into collaboration. He wants to be talking with people in different disciplines, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was also part of our conversation was you know we work all the time with College of Natural um, Science. <laughs> you guys. Something's happening up here. I know. Uh, we work all the time with other colleges. We, don't, we haven't done as much with Broad College. And this is a way that we could work together with them. So it was one, demonstrating need, but two, thinking about where is there collaboration that we haven't already really explored or started to explore. So yeah. I lost my train of thought like five times in that, but which means I'm going to sit down. Well played. Thank you. OK. okay.
0: and I will turn it over to Nick to give a quick
2: update on Microsoft 365 opportunity. Okay, I'm gonna be real quick because I cannot adjust my audio from this <laughs> distance. Hi everyone, my name is Nick Noel, I work for IT Services, I'm an instructional designer. One of the projects I'm working on is bringing general uh, awareness about Office 365 to campus and one of the ways we're doing that is trying to show Uh, the ways that it can be used in teaching um, instead of just going from a strictly technologically training uh, aspect. um, We're gonna show like, hey, in addition to how you use it, here's why. So I've kind of formed a little informal group that is exploring, kind of analyzing what we need uh, and what these things can do, and then hopefully moving into designing kind of workshops and other training activities (laughs) around those things. So if anybody wants to join that, Uh, Is anybody interested? Um, We meet once every two weeks or so for now. Pretty much we're just in a discussion analyze phase. Um, So any perspective uh, you could bring to that would be great. Like hey, this is how we're using it or this is why I hate you. That's fine too. Um, (laughs) Hopefully not too much of that. Um, But uh, we just wanna hear what people are doing and, and what they need. Um, so contact me, you can find me at l-e-p-e-s-c-h-k at msu.edu, uh, look me up under Nick Noel, contact Nate and he'll forward everything to me too, and that's about it. So if you have any questions, I can take them right now or you can email me later. Jessica Knott? Nick, why are you so great? Um, <laughs> what was the question? Oh, oh thank you. Um, so Dr. Knott asked why I am so great. Um, <sighs> You know, uh, when I was uh, very small, I lived under a cupboard, and then I got a, uh, it's like an owl came and then took me to this magical thing. Anyway, it's boring. I fought an evil wizard, won. Anyway, uh, now I do this. Um. I feel like Nick gets a round of applause for that one too. That was really good, that was good,
0: awesome. Okay, very brief. I want, we talked at the last meeting uh, about IT Next briefly, Dawn Baker, MSU IT chief of staff came, talked a little bit about this idea, which is an event that IT does, um, it, it usually is annual, I think, and the last one was on IT security. This one, she came to me with this idea and said, hey, we'd love to talk about accessibility and inclusion, and I've heard about this global, access, uh, global accessibility awareness day. Does MSU do anything around that day? And I reached out to a few people and I said, I don't know, but let me ask. And it looks like we don't. So we thought we should. So save the date. The next Global Accessibility Awareness Day is May 16th, 2019. It's a Thursday. I would recommend saving the morning portion of that day. I don't know how that looks, but I would love to have a conversation with all of y'all, anyone who's interested about, hey, what would be beneficial to bring awareness on Global Accessibility Awareness Day? So we'll be having more conversations about that, but I'd be grateful for your feedback on that. So with that, I'll leave it there. We're going to transition at this point to a math, getting started with accessible math update. Uh, So bear with us, give us 60 seconds, kind of switch stuff around, and then we'll get started.
3: Hello, I'm gonna let um, Leslie,
4: uh, who
3: set up the PowerPoint, and uh, I also have Lena with me, I wanna introduce them. Um, I have been here at MSU a long time. Uh, I've accepted next year, to share a lot of the assistive technology with the world by working with a number of NGOs, and they're constantly calling me, so I'm really busy. But I'm gonna be traveling and doing some of those other things. And Leslie here is gonna be taking my place at the RCPD, so it's (laughs) great having you with us. And Lena is the one that really should be presenting all of the things we're gonna talk about today, because she's the one that sits there Powers and converts mathematics and other things into accessible formats. So, but I'm excited because this handout everyone has the handout, right? Making math accessible using math type.
0: Do you mind coming around on this? Side?
3: Okay, right over here. Very good. Um, and there's there's our presentation. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Hi. And uh, you're going to be demonstrating in a little bit here um, this thing. On the the screen is is a young lady on the left. Her name is Jordan Castor. How many of you know her? Now she's one of the developers that helped us spearhead some of the things that I'm gonna share with you today. And I'm gonna try to get through this in 15 minutes because at the end we wanna have a few minutes for questions because there's gonna be a lot of them. But I'm gonna answer one question right now. MathML is what we're gonna focus on today and MathML within Word the, ch- the question would be, why haven't we shared this stuff sooner? Why, why have we waited till today, 2019 in January, to share this stuff about MathML in Word? Well, the reason has been it wasn't mature. It was, a, it was a kind of method that we used with Jordan. Jordan was a student about two years ago, and she used MathML to read equations. She's blind, and she was a, a, one of our students that helped us discover ways that JAWS, her screen reader, would read math. And MathML was the key. But during those days, we had to do all kinds of really strange things. We had to lock down the browser. Still today, not all browsers read MathML independently. There's MathJax and other things. But recently, Microsoft Word, and we also did other things with her. If I go this way, we have some 3D things that we did, and the professors here really were helpful. Professor Schmidt uh, worked with with Jordan using these 3D symbols for getting through calculus. Can you imagine taking calculus as blind? Um, it's really hard in your blind to, to do math. We have a number of students now that are learning math, but it's a challenge because, I mean, I'm an engineer. I remember spending two hours on one one equation, one integral, solving these things, the methods. If you work with tutors and you're blind, you don't have that that option. You have to just learn it quick and giving people independence is important and this is an important presentation about the new things that have happened in Microsoft Word. What is accessible math? It is six things and five things that I said to Jim a while ago. It's a way to make it visible with without being an image. It's a way to use the character set in Word that has, you know, it's, these are ASCII characters and different ways of structuring it and Word has incorporated MathML into Microsoft Word now. And they've done this with a product that we used with Jordan two years ago. We called, it it was an application created by design science called Scientific Notebook. And we're still using that at the RCPD to make our equation in MathML. And then we put them into an HTML document that Jordan could read or other students can read. But now we can put them in within, within Word because Word has adopted Design Science's product called MathType, which is another way of typing math equation. And the other characteristic of an accessible math equation is one that a screen reader can read and step through it character by character. An image can't do that. The other thing is a braille display. I have a braille display here that displays braille uh, dynamically. So as you step through a document, you can feel and read the Braille in, in here. And young people that are blind in schools are learning math called Nemeth Braille. Nemeth is a, is a standard for Braille that most all of our students are using. And this product that Microsoft has incorporated into Microsoft Word can speak the equation out so it'll be read correctly, as well as feeling it on, on the Braille display. So it does Jaws interprets the MathML and, and displays it. So the other, the other characteristic, and these are the last two or the last three I guess, that, that are make math accessible, is the ability for the blind student to, to manipulate the equation. If you don't have, you can re- listen to the equation but if you can't write it and you can't change parts of it and solve it, that doesn't really answer the question. The other thing that they have to do is put it back into a format that they can send back to their professor. So these are characteristics that are important. Some of these don't, are really not fully developed in Microsoft Word yet, but they will be. The other things that it, it does is it makes it searchable. You know, One day, we're gonna be able to use AI to go out and look and search for equations to help us solve different things. Computers themselves will be able to use these equations to, to give us information. So the world is not yet there. We still have a lot of equations all over the internet that are just images. They're of no use to artificial intelligence whatsoever. But through this technology that we're gonna be sharing with you in in Word, that will become possible. So if you have a handout. I'm just gonna tell you about it. You're gonna follow the instructions. I don't think we're gonna have time to Uh -uh. go in and and demonstrate everything. It's an add-in. You go into the insert menu. You go to the store, the Microsoft store and Leslie's gonna tell us a little bit about the Mac version of that, and you download it. The thing that made this presentation today very vital is that the add-in is now free. Design science in the past had MathType for Word that they had developed, but it cost a certain amount of money for everyone. And I told uh, Paulette Cranberry-Russell, I said, all our professors at MSU should be using this MathType but it's $40 a copy and we wanted to buy it, but in the meantime, and looking for ways to purchase it, it became free. So it's now free, it may not be that way forever, so grab it when it's free and put it into your Microsoft Word. So I already talked about math type. when you incorporate it into Word, it enables you, it, it enables the, the screen reader, JAWS, to be able to read the equation correctly and as well as the braille display display it. It also enables other features, too, which I'm going to share. So what is MathML? That's something that uh, everyone probably wonders what it is. XML is a syntax that you write in. MathML is nothing more than uh, XML syntax making a you know, markup language, and it's, it's a way to present math equations. If, if you want to know any more details about it, you can go to W3C and search for math. And they have a long explanation. They've been pushing for this for a long time. So it's a good, it's a good thing. Math equations can be written in different, different forms. And there's some editors in, in, in Microsoft. If you go and, and read about how to install it and use it, there's some, we, we have this handout online as well, thanks to Jim, who put the, put it there. It works in Microsoft Word as well as Mac. And I think I'm to a point here where I can turn this over. You, you also have the option too, and this is something that math professors want to have. Once you install the math type in, free into Word, you can then go into the e- equation editor. You can, you can hit it by hitting the, uh, the alt key and the plus key, and the equals, I'm sorry, alt plus equals, and you hit those two keys, and it'll launch the equation editor, you can input latex. A lot of our professors use latex for writing math equations. So that's also included in in this product. So you can type the equation, put it in there, and it it outputs uh, the equation correctly in MathML, which you can then extract and put it into other documents, like your HTML document. So that that basically ends my part of it. You're gonna talk a little bit about the Mac.
4: Yeah, and I just wanted to cover this, because why is accessible math important? Obviously, there's many reasons, but there was a a presentation, it was maybe a year ago, it was by Dave Schleppenbach, Schleppenbach, um, and he talked about this, and it really hit home to me, because math equations can be written different, but if you're speaking them, sound exactly the same. So the example was, there's these two different equations. The first one is a one and a fraction over x plus one. So if you said one over x plus one, or the other equation is one over X plus one. They're obviously very different equations, but they're going to sound the same. So using MathML is how you could make them sound differently so you could solve them correctly. So I think that just really illustrates why it's so important to have them written correctly so the, the students get them correctly. And the nice thing about uh, MathType, which we we're kind of talking about is, is it works in a lot of different applications. So Microsoft Word for PC, Microsoft Word for Mac, all of the um, the Apple, Office, iWorks programs, also Google Docs and D2L, and it's really nice because no matter which application you're using, it looks exactly the same. So you can easily use it in whatever you typically use if you're using it to make equations and math, so. The handout that you guys have and will be posted on the Web Access site does have um, step-by-step instructions to to download it for each different type. And there's also a, um, a helpful resource in there. MathType is now with WIRIS, is the company that...
3: Yeah, W-I-R-I-S. Yeah,
4: so they have a lot of information on their website about how to, how to use the MathType and all the different applications that you would need it in. And it's pretty easy to use, which is great, so.
3: WIRIS is a division or, or part of design science. They're, they're the same.
4: Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have much time to kind of go through how it works. I don't know.
3: I just want to mention one thing: the uh, we do have a math grant. It's a small one, but we have been developing a tool for making math HTML pages. You know, Word documents are great, and our students that are blind will be able to read equations in Word, but. We want to open this up to the World Wide Web more by making HTML documents that have MathML in them because there's a lot more opportunity for utilizing that in many different ways for learning and searching online and so forth. So we're developing or streamlining a way to do that. You can do it yourself by taking the MathML from Word or from our online editor. We have an online tool for typing in latex or for using the WAVES toolbar for making mathematics, MSU Math Online.
4: And I was just going to just show real quick, in Microsoft Word, just the tool. If you're, you're you. in here, obviously it's going to look a little bit different. This is the Mac version. But under the, the insert area, which now I can't even find it, there is um, an equation option. And this would bring up to allow you to insert the equations. And, and
3: there's a little drop-down thing right up there where you type your equation, that allows you to change the way that the equation is displayed. Mm-hmm. You can have Unicode or you can have MapML. Uh,
4: so like the I text, said, yep. yep, it's pretty you know, easy to use if you understand the math equations and what you're trying to write, so.
3: Yes. So, questions so far?
4: Yes.
0: Uh, my question would be, does it work the same between Mac and PC on the uh, N-word? pretty much the same yeah they they yes. look
4: very sim oh yeah the question was if um, it would look the same in Microsoft Word for Mac or PC and the answer is yeah they the editor equation editor will look almost identical in the two yes yes question Does James
3: Okay, that's a good The question was, of,
4: does the word have to have a built-in reader? And if we've tested it, um, I haven't test. I think you guys tested it with the built-in um, Microsoft reader. I was using um, yes. Voiceover, and it read it great yes. with the MathML. So it's like fractions start, you know, so it, you would be able to understand it.
3: Yeah, within Word, there's a read aloud function, and that does read the equation correctly. The interpretation is in there. Uh, within JAWS, of course, it reads it as well, so yes. Uh, in, before this new version of MathType was available from WIRIS, you had to download from Design Science a thing called MathPlayer, but they've incorporated that together, so now you only need to have the MathType add-on installed for the readers to work correctly. Um, and the other other methods for reading web pages, <clears throat> they used to have to use MathJax. Um, and in your HTML documents, and this is a big uh, area where we're not sure which direction we're going to go for our mat- HTML pages. But MathJax is good, because it's an interpreter that helps the screen readers and the browser to, to display the math and read the math correctly. Um, It's a good way to go. It's a call to a server somewhere else. And you can use the MathJax server. Or in D2L's case, uh, they've incorporated the MathJax uh, within D2L, so you don't have to to install that. But there are still browsers out there that don't read math correctly and display it correctly uh, without the MathJax add-in or some other uh, method. So these are problems that we're going to face in the future. Yes.
2: For course contact remediation, the big problem we run into is it's not creating new documents, it's remediating existing stuff created by people who, who did not have access to this or don't care. Um, and sometimes it's even like handwritten scans of PDFs. It's terrible, right? Ye- yes. Is there an easy way to. Do that, to look at existing
3: code the, the question we have to repeat. Yeah. Uh, remediation is the most difficult challenge that we have here at MSU. The question is is there an easy way to convert already existing non accessible formats into accessible equations? And uh, I can answer part of that question. The RCPD is doing this. That's why Lena Wu here is so busy because she is having to retype many of these equations. Uh, One of the options in in Word is handwriting an equation. If you have handwritten equations, there's two methods. One is to try to copy and paste the image into Word and try to let it do its thing. It's not worth the trouble. That was my feeling. But maybe it'll get better. Uh, There's also another application which you might try to use called Reader. It's it's, like infinity the beginning of infinity reader. And it is a OCR, I guess you could, uh, character recognition program for math, and it does make equations. But they typically have to be proofread very carefully. If you get a lot of equations, it's easy to miss things when those things work. So we, we just kind of use the grunt approach and just sit there and just type them in. And that's what Lena has spent most of her time doing is just retyping it. We use scientific notebook, because we have it, and it works very well. But it works the same way as math type. So either one would work. That answers your question. Remediation too, of so there are some formats out there that we might be able to convert, like LaTeX. We have the online converter, and then of course Word is doing that now as well. So if you have it in LaTeX, you can't convert it to MathML. Uh, using our tool that we made, or using the word that, that answers the question. It's—it's it's hard. That's why we want. That's why we want to get this news out there. Professors need to be using these tools, because if they don't, we have to remediate everything manually. Yes. So
2: have you come down to um, recommend?
3: The HTML5 is going to be great. It's not quite there yet as far as the browsers all being able to read it. Uh, I know uh, James White here put up this handout yesterday, and he wanted to put the equation up there. If we go and read that with different browsers, some of them are going to work better than others in reading equations. So. We, we need to spend more time investigating and finding out what is the best way to present those. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're, we're working on. But right now, use MathML as much as possible. If you're making web pages, try to put it in MathML if you can. That's, that's the answer I will give. And maybe... Browser we'll show it correctly now. I don't know about the browser I didn't Works, doesn't work at all for me. So. <laughs> okay. So, like areas, um, don't even bother with Edge or Internet Explorer. You won't get anywhere at all. I mean, you'll see, you'll yes. see the, the parts, pieces of the equation, you know, DDX, something around it, but it won't have the, the over and all that good stuff. So it's uh, the Microsoft Word document shows it flawlessly without any extra installation. Mm-hmm. As long as you do the current Microsoft Word. With MathType. You don't even have to have MathType installed. It'll, it'll display yes, it for Yes, they've incorporated MathML, but MathType helps you put it in, that's true. Okay.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I would like to second that. Uh, Lena, come up here. Nice
3: come up here and talk into the mic.
4: Yeah, I, I think I would like to second, Uh, that's very important. Uh, uh, So far, I feel that the, uh, math ML in a uh, word is very good enough for students and also our center resource center for R C P D to give the accessible math to students. So so if a professor they can use a uh, word Nowadays the world has built in a math editor and also the math uh, type. So so it's good enough for student and the faculty to provide accessible math in words. So I think for now it's good. So please to uh, spread the words out. Okay. Yes, <laughs> thank you. All, right. all right, all right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all
0: very much. Uh, so suffice to say, I think we just are at the tip of the iceberg, right, yes. on this. We are. Um, and uh, we'd really be grateful to hear like, what those questions were good. I, I hate to cut them off because I know we have some other things to cover, but there, if there are other questions, uh, can they reach out to we you directly, Stephen? They can contact us, yes. Um, or you can email us at Web Access, and I'll make sure it gets to the right place, but um, really, really uh, important conversation. And um, like Stephen mentioned, this handout um, that Stephen uh, and Leslie Uh, and Lena put together is on Web Access, so you can check it out now. I think it's maybe available, downloadable too, printable. So we're trying to use a universal design approach there, so check that out uh, if you're interested. I think it's under tutorials.